I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. Like when I accidentally kick you and you're doing the intro. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I maintained my focus. You did good. Mm-hmm. I was I'm looking right at the post-it. That's proud it. of you. Thank you. I was at the park with the kids the other day. You were. And there was this other mom there because, you know, that's what happens at the park. There's a mom or a dad there. Usually. There should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you get the unattended, you know, 10 and 12 year olds. Misbehaving. Usually. Climbing on the roofs of things where it says right there, don't climb on the roof. And. Our number three child could read that to them. <laughs> yes, our number three child could. And our number two child asked the last time there was a kid there. Mom, why is, why is that kid climbing way up there? And my answer that, you know, helped redirect the child without inappropriately redirecting a child that wasn't mine. I don't know, honey. I guess he doesn't understand about being a good example. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other kid heard. The other kid got down. Excellent. We don't need them breaking their neck. Although that would be a adequate example of why not to climb on top of the roof of the structure. I'm all about natural consequences, but I'm never a fan of when, you know, I actually have to deal with those natural consequences. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good that you can admit that. So there were some littler kids, one that goes to school with our number two and three kids. Mm -hmm. And... Then his, like, baby sister, who's getting ready to go into kindergarten. And the baby sister was very fun. Very, you know, just goofy and playing off with the little kids. And, you know, the girls were being girls. And... Girls were being girls. How mostly. So? Um, you know, they were chatty. You know, they were they were doing talking and pretend play, not run around and tumble play. Mm-hmm. Not, I can do this, can you? Yes, they were being more collaborative than competitive. They were, I should say, they weren't being girls. They were being stereotypically feminine Okay. for the most part. Right. So anyway, you know, and this little girl starts getting a little bit rowdy and something, 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 and butts, something, something. And the mom chimes right in with, that's not ladylike. You need to act more ladylike. Wow. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Did you quick check your calendar and see what year it was? (laughs) It was kind of crazy because I can't believe that people still have these gendered expectations of children. You know, and I understand that a lot of kids are stereotypically cisgendered, gender normative young people. That's how the reproductive binary works. It's kind of an evolutionary thing that the majority of people are going to fit the majority of their gender. Yes, and then they're going to fit the majority of the culture. Yes. Cultural norms or expectations. But still, to to have that as a explicit expectation for your child just seems... Really it sounds, regressive. It sounds like something my grandmother would say in like, you know, 1970-something. Yeah. 
Of course, you because know. Because she would need to, to me, you know. Oh, well, of course, but still. <laughs> she probably started much younger than that. Oh, with I you, I younger. bet. But, but by then, I was probably ignoring her. <laughs> of course. I'm like, well, too bad for ladies then, huh? Uh, why can't you be more ladylike? <laughs> I have a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> It really was an expectation when we were kids that, like, you would behave in a gender-conforming fashion. And we were talking about this later with our friend, your best friend, and his wife had come over to dinner, and we were talking about the way that it used to be with gender stereotypes and gender norms, and I had to laugh because you said something about trade school and the mm -hmm. admissions. Yes, and it, it confused you for a minute. I said, I, I went to a trade school for a while after high school. Uh-huh. What was your major? What was your program of study? It was automotive, and it was typically a very long wait to get in the program. But I got in fairly easily because they let females in. And they had separate wait lists. Yes, they did. Separate wait lists for women, female type body persons yeah so it was easy for me to get in i was kind of excited about that i was like wow this has an advantage for once in my life after all <laughs> and i couldn't figure out how on earth the females having a shorter wait list would benefit you yeah took me a minute sorry <laughs> it was good <laughs> but you know even going further back you talked about like dress codes at schools yes Dress codes were horrid, terrible things when I was a child. I went to the thermometer every morning when it was winter to look and see if it could possibly be below freezing so that I could wear some pants. I had to wear, I'm pretty sure, dresses. I don't recall actually wearing the dresses. I remember going to the thermometer, wishing for pants. My mother says when I was younger, she would buy me these little plaid dresses which is horrible to me. Obviously, it was at the time, too, because apparently I came home, took them immediately off, and crumpled them up and stuffed them into the hamper. Mm-hmm. So, you want your kids to put things in the hamper? Buy them clothes they don't like. <laughs> so there. <laughs> Number three still has trouble with that. Even when she does like them, doesn't like them, doesn't matter. She'll yeah. take them off and leave them where she took them off. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, anyhow. That's... Female-identified persons, and not self-identified, but people identified Assigned as female. People as... Female-assigned people. Yes. Yes, correct. Had to wear female-assigned clothes to school. That just seems bizarre to and me. And I want to say that was until... Oh, I don't know. I'm going to guess 1970 or something. I don't know. Huh? So for, for, you know, for a couple of few years, I had to wear dresses to school. I'm sure I wore shorts under them like, like number three child does so that she could play. Yeah. But, um, yeah, eventually they, they let us wear normal clothes. This is the way my <laughs> brain processes it. Normal clothes. Normal That's clothes. great. Yeah. That's great. See, not only that, but like what classes you were allowed to take was even different. Well, especially when 
when my friend and his wife were in school. They're slightly older than me. Yeah. And and they they gave us quite an interesting report about that, which is what kind of got this topic going for us. Mm-hmm. That and, and your experience at the park. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but they, they said that they uh, experienced quite a bit of that. I was surprised that she um, was so much of a outspoken advocate for her fellow gendered creatures at the time, you know. Yeah. She was she, very bold about it. She said that she... Uh, she had put together the elementary school petition to let girls wear trousers. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. Because she wanted to flip on the bars. Yes, and she said, you can't flip on the bars in a dress. So there. Yeah, I did. You probably did. Mm-hmm. And my parents weren't smart enough to buy me skirts with shorts under them, and I just didn't give a rat's ass. Well, that's okay. Doesn't seem like you registered any complaints. No. But, like, then they were saying that just before you, what, not even 10 years older? Less than? Than them? Yeah, they're not less. E- not even 10, but uh, I think like seven, six or seven, maybe eight. Right. And they were saying that, like. They're older. Back then, they would have had all the girls taking home ec and all the boys taking shop. Mm-hmm. And you would take like two or three years of it because it was just expected that as a man, you would be the fix-it man for your house. You would be able to repair anything that broke. You would be able to solve any mechanical problem in your home. (laughs) And women, you should be able to solve any otherwise domestic problem in your home. Like mending clothes. Like mending clothes and cooking meals and... They said the rooms were like giant warehouses full of rows and rows of stoves and rows and rows of sewing machines. and Yeah, it's kind of wild, huh? Yeah. They didn't call it home ec when I was in school. That was sometime later, dear. It was, but still, that was the class. And they had like... One or two of everything. They didn't have, like, tons of everything when I was there. But they also didn't expect every single person of that gender to go and take the class. Right. (gasps) Riding bikes. That was the other thing. Yes, we talked about riding bikes. What my friend was saying is, how old do we think our kids should be before they could ride their bike to school on their own? You know, now. And, and I said, have, like, 12. Yes. We're not quite kids. close enough. And, yeah, these are our kids. It's really uphill. Like, I don't know what the exact uh, it's elevation difference is. It's about a 1,500-foot gain to yes, get up there. To, to get up to the kids' school. Because in the American West, we live in the Intermountain West. And it's kind of funny to say Intermountain It makes it sound like there's this flat space between the Rockies and the Sierra. There's not. There isn't. No. (laughs) No, there isn't. So Slightly less elevated. How about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. In between. 
And, you know, it's just kind of the dad thing to go running behind the bike, pushing it, holding it, balancing it for the kid until they yes. let go. Yes, which I did with, with a number two child. You did. Last weekend. You did. He, yes. he rode the bike on his own. But that's, bike. that's not the mom thing, though. That's the dad thing. Even still in our culture, it's, it's culturally the, the dad that goes running behind the bike. We're, we're trying to get them going so they can become more independent and go ahead and move out of our house. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair it's, enough. It's fun. It's fun to be moving. I wanted the Thundercats bike when I was a kid. And I got the purple Schwinn banana seat bike for my birthday when I was like, I don't know, um, maybe eight or nine or something. Had training wheels because I didn't have a lot of chance to ride a bike before that, so I had no idea how to ride a bike. And being that I was identified as a female person. You were assigned female. I was assigned female. Uh-huh. Yes, they identified me. I didn't identify myself that way. Not at all. I tried to make it clear that wasn't true, but... Anyhow, they, they didn't believe you yet? No, they didn't know what to do with that, so they ignored it. I wasn't encouraged to do a lot of activities until that bicycle. Yeah, you didn't get to play sports, you didn't get to run and play and get muddy. and. No. I did. I'm yes. lucky that way, but I went and got muddy and tore my dress and... I wanted the Thundercats bike so bad. And I also wanted the bike with the little streamers on the handles. And I couldn't figure out why the Thundercats bike didn't have the little streamers. <laughs> Princess man. Yeah. Mm. Those kind of things just are weird to me. Like that they would make it so regimented and so like almost militaristic you will do this and you will do that and it is your uniform it's not I think it just came out of the 50s an expectation but it is like an inviolable requirement well i i think you know you kind of see that stereotypically again out of the 50s and although we weren't being we were fighting communism here we're being very uniform about it. So, you know, we had these, you know, big conformities going on. Red, mm -hmm. Apples will be red. Mm -hmm. Green beans will be green. Not purple. Not white. Etc. Red is communist. I ain't eating no apples. <laughs> Anyhow, these whole <laughs> home ec things yes. came, came, seemed to come out of that era. Yeah. And uh, and there was a lot of it before that, too. I mean, there certainly was a lot of segregation. I know my parents went to Catholic schools, and there was a, a boy's entrance and a girl's entrance. That is crazy. And we had that when I was a kid. We had that on the playground at the public school. You had there the boy's side and the girl's side? Of the playground. That is bizarre. At the time, my understanding of it was they didn't want the boys bothering the girls while they're playing and having a bunch of scraped up girls or anything when they didn't need to, you know. They didn't want the girls roughhousing and getting in trouble. I don't know. They didn't Most want the boys the pestering I... the girls to roughhouse and get in trouble. 
Yes, because I, I didn't see any girls on the girl side roughhousing and getting in trouble. So. No. Um, Our number zero child said that she used to chase the girls around and try and trip them so that they would fall on top of her. <laughs> yeah, that's my kid. That is totally your kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, it it you still see some vestiges of that, and it always catches me off guard. Like in school uniforms and school dress codes today, they don't say you have to wear dresses, but like as far as how much skin you can show or how tight your clothes can be, it's almost always a gendered thing. Like mm-hmm. boys can wear tank tops, show a little chest hair, but girls can't wear tank tops that would show a little cleavage. No. Boys can wear running shorts, even the itty-bitty ones. Which is not a good idea for most guys. No. Really. It really isn't, but still. If girls wear their shorts too short, whether they are athletic or denim or whatever, then, oh no, you're going to distract the boys. At the same time, the way they design the clothes, I I noticed with our number three child, her clothes are really tiny and short, and number two child's clothes are very... It is a function of gendered fashion in Western culture at the current moment in, you know, the mid-20-teens that, yes, women's clothes are made of less fabric than men's clothes. Men's clothes are not made to fit generally as tight to the body or to expose as much skin as women's clothes are. When I was a kid, there were photos hanging in the hallway at my house of, you know, family photos. Mm -hmm. And one of them was a little boy in a dress because back in the day when my father and his brother were born, they, they, uh, little boys wore dresses to a certain age. Everybody wore dresses until they could make bathrooms on their own. That's right. And, uh, there was a picture in the hallway of a little boy in a dress and I was told it was my uncle, but found out later that it was probably my father. <laughs> I didn't want to say, yeah, that's me wearing a dress. Oh, goodness. He's not, I, w- I would be surprised because he not, didn't seem like that type of guy to me to really care, but I don't know. It was one of them, wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. So speaking of fashion and trends and practical yeah. nature and not practical nature, it and was practical to, to have a, a, a non-toilet-trained child wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that does seem very practical to me. Does that mean we should put number two child in dresses? No. No? No, that would be unacceptable in our culture. It would. And it would um, be uh, psychologically harmful to him. It would. Yeah. It would be very practical. <laughs> it would. At times. I, I love that you can understand the practicality of the situation even when it's not necessarily uh, actually a option i know other little boys that have liked wearing dresses because they were comfortable Mm -hmm. and i think if even if it was something he was comfortable with he couldn't do that our culture wouldn't allow it Mm -mm. no and i think not not here maybe someplace like a really you know, progressive school in 
California somewhere or something. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. if we lived further closer to a coast, mm -hmm. we could probably get away with it. But that's not our kids. No. But that's that. I have met a lot of gender non-conforming kids. You have because you work with kids. I do. Mm -hmm. I see 700 of them a year. They stand out to you. They do. I've been a queer teacher for a decade and a half, and I've always had a soft spot for the sissies and the butches. Mm -hmm. I, I always have. Mm -hmm. And... You you see them around sometimes, too. I do, because I've actually stayed in this area for, ooh, I think I'm coming up on my ninth year now. And so I have a lot of kids who, when I was their elementary school music teacher... They tried to Facebook friend me, and I'm like, you're not old enough for Facebook. I can't friend you. <laughs> but even when I taught high school, I had, you know, the expectation that I'll be your friend after you're not my student anymore. Mm -hmm. Right now, I can't be your friend. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But I do have a number of former students on my Facebook, and... I see a lot of these kids, especially the, the queer ones and the gender non-conforming ones that are really coming into their own now. And it's kind of great. That I have good. a kid right now who a year ago, their homeroom teacher, I had seen some notes on her desk saying, this child is telling me that they want to be a boy. Don't forget to talk to the counselor about that. They're paying attention. They are paying attention. And so I loved the fact that this teacher was paying attention. Not in a bad way for a change. Right. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's good. You know, she's, she's paying attention. She's going to hopefully help this kid out. And then less than two months later, this kid comes to me and says, I'm going shopping with my mom this weekend, and I'm going to buy some more girl-type clothes. Poor thing. I know. I feel bad for her. Well, and I said, you know, at that point, I don't know what their situation was, if they are transgender or if they were just having some difficulty on that day or if, you know, there was some other situation going on. But my response to them at that moment was, if that's what's going to make you happy, then good for you. Which I would, of course, as much as you assume not, because little girls who are happy about going shopping saying, I get to go shopping! Yeah, she wasn't all... Not, I'm going to buy some clothes. That are more... they will be... Girl. I have told they should be. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, over the course of the next few weeks, you know, sh this kid did show up in more girly clothes and did let their hair down. They generally had a hair pulled back into a braid. Parents probably wouldn't let them cut it. Mm -hmm. But they kept it out of their face. They kept it always back in a braid. But, you know, for the next couple of weeks, I saw some skirts. I saw some long hair down on the shoulders. I saw... And then somebody else said something about, oh, that's boy stuff in a different lesson about something completely different. And I said, it's a toy. Toys are for everybody. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the following year, I made sure that I had a few opportunities 
by way of, you know, the lesson content or the class discussion or the teachable moments the kids brought up, I made sure that I had an opportunity to let them know that, oh, yeah, I used to be a tomboy. And, you know, I even let them see a picture of me with the really short hair that you've always made fun of because of my eyebrows because I was dating a Mary Kay lady. <laughs> uh, yeah. Your butch picture. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you know, there's a couple of girls in this class who are telling me, yeah, I'm a tomboy. Yeah, I like to hang out with the guys. I like sports. I like this. I like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You know? And I slowly start seeing this other student putting the hair back, wearing the trousers and the polo shirts again, wearing the sneakers instead of the ballet flats. Mm-hmm. And they reminded me of this kid that I knew at my prior school. It's also here in town. And normally I don't tell, you know, names, but I have to say this kid's name was Jesse. And I don't like the name Jesse. For yourself. For myself. Like if I know a Jessica, I will call them Jessica or I will call them Jess. I I have bad memories attached to the name Jesse. I, I don't like that name. It's an unhappy thing. But this kid is Jesse. So at that point I was willing to respect, you know what, if this is if this is who you need to be, then this is the name I will use. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault you don't like that name. No, it's not. And this kid, when we did swing dancing in fifth grade, partner dancing, they look at me and they say, oh, I, I really need to be in the other line as we're partnering up for paired dancing. Mm -hmm. And I had explained to the class that when you do ballroom style partner dancing, the aesthetic of the dance includes a leader and a follower. And the leader is either the more masculine partner or the taller and more physically imposing partner. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jesse looks at me and says, Ms. Music Teacher, I really need to be in the other line. (laughs) And at this point, you know, I'm the recently divorced queer teacher in the upper middle class white kids school. I am probably the one person in the school who can't be their advocate in that moment. I am the person with the most to risk by being an advocate for them at that moment. I don't want the parent issues. At that time. At that time, I really didn't. And so I told them, honey, I understand. But until you can get your records changed, I can't put you in the other line. And that's always kind of sat with me. Like, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have. But, you know, later I talked to them about it and said, you know, I understand. I have friends who have gotten their records changed. I have friends who have made those switches. Mm -hmm. If your parents call the school, they can have those records changed. Mm -hmm. It's all you got to do. But until that happens, I can't. And as soon as Jesse was not in my class, they friended me on Facebook. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jesse has recently switched their pronoun to they. Mm-hmm. 
And I saw them at the high school registration when I took number one child. Mm -hmm. Same grade then? Our kid is a freshman and this kid is an upperclassman. Mm -hmm. And I was happy to see them. And sometimes, you know, their pictures go up on Facebook. And generally it looks like they're binding. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that this is finally fitting into place for you. Mm -hmm. And at this point it would be really creepy if I went and said, Hey, look at you. I'm glad for you. Right. It would be unprofessional. Mm -hmm. And I've had kids on the other side of it, too. Last year, I had a kid who had earned the solo. And the other boys were pestering him and pestering him. And I would wager probably downright bullying him, but I didn't see it. And one day he was nearly in tears because he did not want to sing his solo in front of his classmates. He would sing it for the parents. Mm -hmm. But he was not going to sing it in class that day, and he was in tears. Mm -hmm. Which tells me at that point it wasn't just about the solo. Mm -hmm. The other boys thought that singing that solo was a girly thing. Mm -hmm. And... If he identified as male and he was comfortable in his masculinity, he'd have just been like, whatever, I'm a boy and I'm singing it. Mm -hmm. But then the fact that this is like a traumatic thing for the other kids to be questioning his masculinity mm -hmm. is pretty strongly indicative of the fact that there's something else going on. And so at that point, I just start making sure that sort of like with the other kid that I start working in a few more of those extra affirmations for gender non-conforming young people mm -hmm. that you should have heard when you were younger. Yes, I should have. But ain't nobody thinking like that when you were younger. No, not that I recollect. I think some of them did try not to squash me. That's good. You know, I think they could have and, and they tried not to do that. So that, that part was good. Maybe that's what they could do and could understand at the time. Yeah. I mean, even if they just saw me as queer. It's important to be supportive when you see other people who need it. But it's hard when you're in the same boat and you don't. It is hard because I have a guy that I am working with. And he was talking to me the other day about his, he has like, two sets of kids. He was married and divorced and then remarried. And so he has older kids who are in their, um, like around 20, 22, whatever. And he has younger kids who are about eight and 10. Mm -hmm. And out of the two older boys, one of them has recently come out to him as transgender and is transitioning. To female. female. Okay. And so um, he was talking to me about this a bit and it it wasn't my place to say hey me too but it was uncomfortable to not be able to say anything about it yeah yeah it wasn't a, it wasn't a time and i've thought about that a lot and i i thought i've got to find ways to be able to get around that cuz you know me i don't like to I don't like to do it the way you're supposed to. <laughs> you don't. You don't. So I'll, but when you I'll see somebody who needs an ally and needs a champion, but it's not your professional place to be that ally, to be that champion. It's not the time and place, unfortunately. 
but I was uncomfortable that I couldn't be that ally. Uh-huh. Huh. So he was doing great with it, though. I mean, he didn't have his pronouns down, but he was very accepting of her. She's going to keep her name, and, you know, he just he just talked to me all about it. And, Good. Now, you know, did, did he know you from before, or is this... No, he's somebody fairly, fairly new... Uh, uh, client at my work, so client. Yeah. Okay. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't say much, but um, yeah, I was going to say I was if supportive. it was a colleague, then you could. Yes. Like I'm out to all my colleagues; they know what's up. But my clients, my students. Yeah. I don't want those parents. Yeah, issues. I don't know that it would have been totally out of line, but it was the timing was not right to say anything, and and I felt it was unfortunate, and I might have been pushed a little more to steer around the rules a little sooner mm -hmm. if there was more of a problem about it but he was he was great about it that's good very comfortable with it really yes very glad that she's figured out what's going on for her oh very good yeah yeah and realizing that that can't be very easy no good for him yeah yeah so that was cool yay surprised me very good yeah you're talking to your arm hair again sorry <laughs> It's okay. I'm glad you've got arm hair. Yes. What else have you got? Leg hair. Yeah. I've got leg hair all the way up my leg now. All the way up. It finally meets the other and hair at the top. It's curly and thicker and coarser, and there's more of it. Yes, there is. Yes, more hair follicles. Yes, there are. Yes. Which I was kind of wondering last year if, you know, I, you know, cisgender guys have that kind of hair on their body and especially on their legs and I was thinking am I going to get that you know and I think a lot of trans guys think that kind of stuff am I going to get that is that going to happen because there are certain things that are a little harder to attain so it seems when you transition later in life yeah and then for some guys anyway I mean some guys like get a beard right away or a full beard and other guys are like where's my beard three years later Mm -hmm. It's hard. It is. Because you're not like the other guys. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm just all pleased with my hair. Good. Mm-hmm. I've got hair on my hands. You've got like 10th Dr. Sideburns. They're really they're get, long they're and thick. I'm happy with the sideburns. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking good. I have to make sure to shave my neck beard. Yes. My wife is not fond of the neck beard. No. But no, and I had to have a discussion with uh, number one child about that the other day. How you know, if you are growing facial hair, it should stop where your jawbone stops, it should not go further back towards your neck, it should go under your chin and stop at the edge of the bone, mm -hmm. and then it's done. And being that he's a, a teenager, and b your son who doesn't like to listen to anything you say anyway. You know, no, for, and then there's also reasons. the autistic part where, you know, sure personal hygiene and grooming are never going to be his forte. He he doesn't really believe you, but he might take that into consideration and look yeah. around. But I didn't get the idea that he was trying to grow facial hair. I got the idea that while he was not at our house, he just wasn't shaving. And I'm not sure if that's a access to shaving implement problem or... I don't think so, because I think even if he brought a razor there and it didn't get lost or something like that, that he just wouldn't get around to it because he doesn't have to make time for hygiene. No, but then he comes home and he shaves his entire body. He does, without <laughs> shaving cream, 
with hardly any water. And he's, now I am going to tap. I need something to tap with. Oh, my God. I'm sitting in the other room, and I keep hearing. And I'm like, what is going on? There's a woodpecker in the house. And we had just had trouble with our vents. Like, they were making a clattering noise, like something had fallen into them. Right. And so we were like, oh, my goodness, is this, like, a huge you know, something big fell into it, or is there something living down there? No, it's our uh, it's our number one child in the bathroom trying to smack all the whiskers out and, and various hairs <laughs> out of his razor because he can't seem to manage to use the water and the shaving cream. No That's... matter our various approaches of encouragement. No, no. So I've kind of given up on that for a while. Because hmm. I don't care Cause... if he wants to conform to his gender or not, I don't have any opinion on his presentation one way or another so long as it is well-groomed and not going to hinder his ability to function socially. Well, what I said to him is, hey, you know, that might work better if you do that in the shower. Yes, shaving you know, your body works better in the shower. It's just... It's hard to shave your six-foot whatever body in the sink. <laughs> He's 5'9". Whatever. <laughs> He's taller than both of us. That's yes. all that matters. I think he he uh, didn't really register that too much because he was already almost done with what he was doing. Yeah. I don't know if he'll consider it next time. And I told him, I, I did even say, and if you think you're going to need more time because you're going to be shaving in the shower, you would just say, hey, I'm going to take a little longer in the shower. Because and we, we usually say, time Fine. his showers to, you know, save water and not have him, you know running up our water bill or draining all of the local reservoir. Because it doesn't matter what length his showers are, he comes out the same amount of needing to go back and do it again. <laughs> Even so, he shaves all his body hair and still forgets half of his chin. Yes. Chin's not bothering him. The chin is not bothering him. Mm. Mm. Hair on the chinny chin chin. Mm. Mm. I've had to start bleaching my... I look closely. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe you, but I don't see it. That's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I bleach it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably like that. You know, if he didn't have enough terminal hairs, if he had all vellum hairs across his face, if it was all peach fuzz, that would work. But he doesn't. He's getting beard. He's he getting random beard. random beard hairs. Yeah, he's getting between. whiskers. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Much to his dismay, as far as I can tell. Yeah, he's not a big he, fan of he's that. He's not a big fan of texture. No. So. Oh, well. So he can shave his body, but I suggest he does it in the shower. It's just a little bit easier. It is. Of course, he's not big on easier. No, he isn't. He's big on what he thinks is going to be easier. And a lot of teenagers do this. They do what they think is going to be the easy way. And even though it's way harder, they refuse to admit that they were wrong. So they're going to do everything possible to try and convince you that what they did was easier. Including make it even harder. Yes. Why did they do that? Don't know. Teenagers. So, is that it for now? Sure. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. 
Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! This is the boy who washes the top of his head. Comes out, I check his hair to see that it is clean and realize that he only washed the top of his head. The the sides, Just the front, not even the entire top. Like, the sides and the back are all still greasy. Okay, go back and wash again. He washes the male pattern baldness section of his head (laughs) between his ears around the back. Still not the very top crown. He still has, you know, that edge where, you know, the edge of a baseball cap or a crown would sit, you know, the ring around. The crown of the head is not clean. It is not. (laughs) It isn't. It isn't. How do you do that when you stand in the shower? I don't know. But he managed. He did. And so, you know, but... Unique talents. (laughs) (laughs) Ha 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 ha!